another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. <clears throat> Dr. Bill Kanaski coming at you. I, I, this is a positive rant today. I just got like the best massage of my life. Oh my, I was, I was hurting from that West Coast trip. But man, Holly over at Massage Envy, brutal, brutal. It's just 55 minutes of pure pain and agony. And then you feel like a million bucks. It's the way it works. It's terrific. Stuck her elbow just right into my hip joint. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, good God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now I feel like a million bucks. Well, that was brutal, though. Brutal. Thank you, Massage Envy. Good work here in Lake Mary, Sanford, Florida area. Uh, today's podcast is a trucking special. Been doing Mongoose Method all over the country. And uh, a special topic here today. We're going to talk about egregious conduct. Um, you know, when you have a case, you're in the trucking industry or transportation, either way, you're, you're driving work trucks, you're driving semis, doesn't matter. There are certain things that are going to send a jury over the edge, right? And we always talk about the Kenny Rogers song, got to know when to hold them, got to know when to fold them, got to know when to walk away, got to, you got to know when to run. And the only way to really do that is to accurately assess your case, which is why we do a lot of uh, mostly focus group uh, research early on in discovery to see you know how jurors how do jurors really feel about your conduct as a company, particularly if you're a trucking company and your truck's been into a, uh, an accident and as a result we have catastrophic injuries, any injuries really, TBIs, death. Bad stuff. And the earlier that you get the answers to those questions, folks, uh, knowledge is power. You can handle that file differently. You can try to resolve the case very aggressively if necessary. <clears throat> but there's a little laundry list here of things that jurors don't like when they see. And once they see this stuff, it could be trouble. But again, it has to be tested because these these pop up in many cases. Sometimes they hurt you a little bit. Sometimes they just kill the case. So number one in the transportation slash trucking injury, dash cam video. Now, yes, you need dash cams. You do. Um, they're very important. And they also cut both ways. I get this question uh, quite a bit when I'm speaking. You know, should I have dash cams? How many? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you have to have them. I don't think it needs to go you know, over the top. But yes, you have to have them. And what happens is, you know, half the time, these dash cams bail you out. And the other half, they hang out to dry. And if a jury is watching dash cam video and having to see, you know, an accident, um, it's dramatic on them. And uh, oftentimes, these videos are very, very ugly. Very, very ugly. Uh, if you have the driver cam on, meaning the dash cam pointing at the driver, uh, that's, first of all, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, I think it pisses your drivers off. Uh, imagine if uh, <laughs> imagine if your spouse put a camera in your car looking at you. 
right? <clears throat> Not good, right? Big brother watching you. Um, that can get really, I think that pretty much never works out for you. <clears throat> but just a regular dash cam, you know, pointing out um, when jurors see that stuff, uh, uh, they can see, you know, terrible, terrible uh, catastrophic accidents. Mm -hmm. And if they think, you know, hey, yeah, how in the world did the driver not see X, Y, or Z? Uh, it could kill the case immediately. So again, testing things like this very early on with a mock jury can get you some really good answers to determine, you know, can we get around this video or not? Or, or does the video help you in a way? Maybe there's a co-defendant and it, it implicates more. Maybe the plaintiff's at fault and that's pretty clear. You really don't know. Okay. You really don't know. It's hard to judge. So do your homework. So dash cam video uh, number one uh, on the list of uh, egregious conduct that can fire up a jury, right? Uh, number two, unenforced policies. <clears throat> Jurors cannot stand this. I deal with this every week with mock juries. <clears throat> you have these fantastic policies that you've authored and you don't enforce them. And jurors get pissed. Jurors, jurors get pissed. They do. Um, so if you have policies, but you're clearly not enforcing them, and then, oh, by the way, your employees say, yeah, we have these policies. We, we just really don't enforce them. Um, that's going to be bad, bad, bad. Uh, get a jury get a jury upset. Okay. So we got unenforced policies. Uh, number three, uh, log, log falsifications. Although that's a beauty, right? Your driver's falsifying your logs. Not good. Not, not good. Uh, juries don't like that. And so you need to make sure you have a good logging process and keep an eye on your drivers. Because if that happens and then the jury hears about it, again, there's kind of no way out of that. Um, and you may be folding your cards, as Kenny would say, right? Uh, number four, driver substance use. This is a bad one, folks. Bad, bad, bad. Regardless of case facts, if your driver is all geeked up on crystal meth and gets into any type of accident, <clears throat> these jurors are going to be really, really upset. <clears throat> Not just at the driver, but at you, the company owner. Okay. Corporate rep, the whole nine yards. Um, you have to really be, <laughs> you, you have to be careful who you're hiring. You know, who you're putting behind the train, you know, what are your drug testing policies, right? Very, very important, particularly if you knew your driver had a substance issue going on prior to the accident. Okay, that's, that's going to be a real, real problem, something you really, really uh, can't get around. Um, that transitions right into uh, number five, um, um, poor hiring practices. Jurors don't like it when you just don't do a background check or don't do much of one. You, you don't do much of an interview. You don't call references. And you just throw some dude behind the wheel of an 80,000 pound vehicle. Jurors don't like that. Okay. That's the whole profit over safety mentality that, that, you know, plaintiff attorneys use as they should, as they should. It looks terrible. So, yeah, HR department, make sure you're doing thorough background checks, vet your drivers, 
and make wise decisions on who you're hiring. Now, I think what's happened is with the driver shortage, maybe we're cutting some corners here. Okay. Maybe, just maybe we're cutting some corners here. Not good. On that note, uh, welcome, uh, plaintiff attorneys. I know you listen. Always nice to have you. Um, going on with this list, so uh, number six uh, and seven. Now, these are related, but not the same. And we talked about this in the podcast. Okay, so number six, cell phone use by your driver during the accident. Even if it's hands-free, it's going to be used against you. And I know, I know it's within the law. People don't care. In fact, many of the mock jurors, when we when we pull them on these issues, they don't they don't think the law is correct on this. They think if you're driving a large work truck or a semi, right, that weighs a lot, and you're on the interstate highway, a cell phone is a distraction, whether it's hands free or not. I would tend to agree from a neurocognitive point of view. It's a distraction for any driver, whether you're driving a Dodge Ram pickup truck. That's what I drive, by the way. I love my Dodge Ram pickup truck. Got the basic model, none of that fancy crap. Okay. Got a really good deal on it. Basic, basic, basic. Okay. I grew up a I grew up in a blue collar family, folks. Drive, I'm driving a pickup truck. I love it. Um, but listen, uh draw, I mean, uh jurors don't like the law in the hands free. And so if you're, even if your driver's got two hands in the wheel, they're talking on that phone and there's an accident, <laughs> even if it's with, even if it's, if it's legal, um, the juror's not happy with it. Okay. Juror's not happy with it. They feel that it's a distraction. Number seven. And this is about, we've talked about this in the podcast before. I need to reiterate this because it keeps popping up. Your driver's using cell phones as a broadcasting device specifically YouTube, okay? Now, there's Spotify, there's Apple Tunes, I get it, okay? and it, But still, you know, let's just start with Spotify and Apple Tunes, right? If you want to play music or a podcast, well, if, if, the, if the truck stopped, okay, at the truck stop, and your driver puts on, you know, the Foo Fighters, Okay, or George Carlin stand up and hits play, right? Or has a playlist that's going to go on for a while and then starts driving. I think you're good. However, if you're switching between podcasts, okay, you don't have a playlist and you're switching manually, you're 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 done. You can't do that while you're driving a truck. Okay. Or flipping through songs. Can't do that. But here's the thing I'm seeing: it's the driver putting it on YouTube, listening to the audio through his Bluetooth or her Bluetooth. Women in trucking, by the way, great, uh, great LinkedIn page. Okay. Ellen Voya. Okay. She's, she's absolutely fantastic. Leading that whole charge, uh, women in trucking, check her out. Um, so yeah, guys and gals, uh, if you're broadcasting, uh, YouTube videos, and listening to the audio, I understand that you're going to say, well, I'm not watching the video. I'm only listening to the audio while I'm driving. Here's the problem. No juror believes that. I do it at the gym all the time. I'll go to the gym. I've got my 
my Bluetooth headphones in, I will put it on the Gin Blossoms uh, concert, right? And then I put my phone on the bench or whatever, and I'm, you know, I got dumbbells over my head. I'm not watching the concert. I'm listening to it, okay? But that's but that that's over at LA Fitness. That's that's not that's not behind an eighteen wheeler, folks. Okay, jurors do not like that. They do not buy it that that the driver's not watching the video, even if they weren't. So that's something. And I don't think anybody has a policy for that specific use of a cell phone. So you may want to look at your policies because um, <clears throat> that is an issue. What do we have? Number eight. Let me see. One, two, three, four five six seven eight week driver training now often again even if it's within the rules and law and uh, jurors don't like it when the corporate rep says or the director of hr says you know we don't train our drivers drivers get trained before they come to us and you know as long as they have their cdl and a good driving record we throw them in the truck they don't like that even if that's totally acceptable and legal uh, the the jurors don't like that. They they feel something, right? If you're going to go out and you know the driver has to, um, you know, be on probation for two weeks or or do a ride along or or something where uh, somebody's riding along uh, to grade them to make sure they can drive that truck. They know how to operate it. Uh, really really important stuff. And if you just skip that, you're just hiring guys. Yeah, you got your CDL check. Uh, you know, yeah. Here's the keys to the eighty thousand pound missile. Here's the, here's the keys. Good luck. And make sure you're on time with your delivery. Jurors don't like that. They want to make sure this is kind of back to the hiring process, right? Uh, once you get them in is to make sure these people are as qualified as they're saying. Number nine, uh, which is obvious, excessive speed. You know, you got driver going too fast. What's worse is that you have GPS technology, but you're not really paying attention to it. So you know drivers are driving too fast and you're not doing anything about it. So not only does the speed get you really upsets jurors, but what also gets you is they say, well, you, you have GPS. How come, how come you didn't call your driver and say, hey, slow the hell down, Bob or Sally? Slow down. We're watching in the GPS. So, and I know that's not possible. Some technology I think is possible. Whereas I think it generates an alert. But still, excessive speed is not going to work out with a jury. Look at speaking of trucking attorneys, Mike Bassett's calling me right now. Mike's going to have to go to uh, voicemail. Bassett, I'll call you back. Um, where are we at? Number 10. Number 10. Uh, 10 of 12. Driving in adverse weather conditions. Jurors really don't like this. I mean, the plaintiff attorney puts up an image of the Doppler radar and essentially says, you told your driver to go drive in this? Right. You see all the green and the yellow and the red on the Doppler. Okay. <laughs> Jurors don't like that stuff. Right. Uh, so make sure that you have really solid... And not just policies, but solid practices when it comes to whether, you know, when should they pull over that truck? When do you not send them out? You delay. Again, that's that whole profit over safety thing. 
you know, you saw, uh, with these ice storms, like there's been a couple of really bad ones in Dallas and you see these fatality cases, like 60 car pileups and every juror is like, well, why the hell was the truck? You knew the ice storm was coming. You knew it. You knew it was going to be wet. You knew it was going to freeze. And you set the truck anyway. And that's all on videotape. And you got on videotape, you got Swift, you got FedEx, you got the, all, all of them crashing into each other. And the jurors are like, what in the world were you thinking? Okay. So be careful for that one. And number 12. Actually, there's 13. I'm going to give you a bonus one today. Okay. So number 12, uh, sleeping hour violations. You, you've got to, you've got to enforce a sleeping hour policy. Okay. We've had drivers and witness prep. Cause you don't want them saying this. We have, we had drivers and witness prep saying, yeah, I, I can't get enough sleep. Cause you know, my dispatcher keeps texting me or they keep calling me disrupts my sleep. Bad, bad, bad. I mean, it's really, really important for these drivers to get the necessary sleep and rest. And when it's obvious that a they're not doing it, so the driver doesn't do it because either they're too distracted, or they want to be on time, or maybe you're giving them some timeliness bonus. That's always that's always a good idea. Hey, the faster you drive, the sooner you get there. We're gonna give you more money. <laughs> that's always a good one in front of the jury, right? So, uh, or you're not enforcing the policy. Uh, it's really, really important. So that's 12. Your bonus, your bonus number 13. I can close this down now. Your bonus number 13, social media posting. Oh my God. Go to Reddit. Go to TikTok. Truck drivers, stop posting while you're driving stop taking video when you're driving for for christ's sake what what are you what are you doing so i drive there day on tiktok by the way i am completely addicted to tiktok and reddit addicted and i love it and i'm not going back i love it i have to have my my fix every day my dopamine hit okay but i watch these these drivers driving on the interstate and he's he's like live streaming from his truck you know, what a pretty sunset while he's driving uh, 70 miles per hour on Interstate 40. Come on. Come, come on, folks. Oh, man. Can you imagine that cross-examination? Wow. What were you thinking? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think some... Some companies may not have social media policies or, or how to handle that. Again, these cell phones can be used for far more than talking on the phone. Again, they can broadcast. You can be filming stuff. It's nothing but trouble. It's nothing, nothing but trouble. So those are 13 things to watch out for. If you're in the trucking or transportation in, uh, industry, um, when you have one of those things or a combination of those things in your case, I think it's vital, particularly if there's if you have if you have a case where there's catastrophic injuries, you know the damages are going to be significant. Do the jury research. Do run that focus group. Put all this stuff in front of the focus group panel. See how see how pissed they get. Okay. Can you can you overcome some of these things? And in some cases, you can. 
And as Kenny Rogers says, well, we're going to hold them, right? Other cases, you can't. So you, you, you fold them and try to resolve that case so it doesn't go nuclear on you. Sometimes you got to walk away. Sometimes you got to run on the really bad ones, right? But what happens is if you have too much pride, you're not assessing the case the right way. You think the plaintiff has a lot of culpability or a co-defendant, but you haven't really assessed that. And you fight the case and you have a couple of these really egregious things on there that can multiply on you and turn into a, a, a nuclear settlement at the least, nuclear verdict at the worst. So keep those things in mind. A quick podcast today. I am a mover and a shaker. I have got to get out of here and jump on a different Zoom to start prepping witnesses today. But I want to thank you to our audience. Audience is growing. This is tremendous. And we're going to keep this uh, show going. We're going to have uh, some uh, more great guests coming on uh as we approach we're 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 i think at an episode we're like in the 160s uh we're gonna be to 200 soon i can't wait we'll have to do something special for 200 we'll have to fi we'll have to figure that out we'll have to figure that out so um okay everybody uh have a great week this is the litigation psychology podcast brought to you by courtroom sciences i'm dr bill kanaski see ya.